Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session after a bit of a hiatus. And after a while without my friend Steve in town, so he's here. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Look at that. How about that? How about it? We could could do a recap of what's going on in the world of Steve, but let's do that off air because I don't know that's safe for public consumption. Uh, That's not bad. Okay, good. Um, So before we were supposed to get together last time, we were talking about the possibility of Trump being indicted. He has now been indicted. Yep. Is that a good thing? Um... It depends, right? Um, you know, like this has been out there for a while. Um, you know, the indictment stems from his hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and the other woman. Um, and it's not the fact that he paid them. It's how he showed that transfer of money. Right. right? And and it's that's an important distinction because... You know, in this age of sound bites and headlines, like people aren't really digging into the details. And so I think it's important because the narrative from the other side, um, from, from, you know, Trump supporters, is, you know, that he didn't do this and it wasn't a crime and it's not a crime to have an affair, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's just like, look, that's, that's not what is being looked at here. What's being looked at is how did he report that money um, when he was in a campaign for, you know, president of the United States. Um, And we have campaign finance laws. And while people want to say, you know, well, you know, plenty of people, you know, make these mistakes or do these sort of things and don't, well, that's not necessarily true. Um, If you remember, uh, what's his name, John Roberts, right? Um, Chief Justice John Roberts? No, not John Roberts. I'm sorry. Uh, um, he ran for president. Oh, John uh, Edwards. John, John Edwards. Edwards. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, John Edwards. Yes. John Edwards got in trouble for you know violating campaign finance laws, and, and other people have as well. Now, it should also be noted that this is specific to the state of New York. These aren't federal charges. Um, you know, it's a 34-count indictment, um, and... You know, so there could be a lot there. Now, you know, I put out on Twitter that I am, I want to be very cautious with this because I think, look, on the one hand, you, you know, you've got Democrats and every, and every people are rejoicing and say rule of law, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then you've got the other side saying, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. They're just coming after Trump because they, they you know, they don't like him and they want to attack him. Um, and there's there's a lot of truth and there's a lot of bullshit in all of that and what's being said on, on either side. And this isn't a both sides sort of thing. I think we have to look at it. Uh, there's, there's more to it than just we have to uphold the law. And, I mean, you're talking about a former president of the United States. Uh, you're talking about a guy who's very divisive. You're talking about a guy who's been around who we've known for 40 years at least, Right. Um, and yeah, he, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he, his claim to fame is, you know, these real estate developments and these, these, these land deals. Um, I think people are familiar with, you know, the situation in Atlantic city and the bankruptcy 
Um, and he definitely skirts around the the edge of of the law when it comes to how he deals with his finances. Now, that's not unique to large scale developers and people, you know, high level, high income, high earning uh, business people in New York and around the country and around the world. Um, you know, there are tax loopholes, there are different things that you can do. Uh, and people take advantage of them and they hire really good lawyers and accountants to bring them right up to the edge, right, without breaking the law. And sometimes the law gets broken. And then the question is, you know, really, do they get caught? How often they get caught? And then, um, you know, how that sort of goes down. And, and people defending Trump are saying, well, people do this all the time. And, you know, they don't come after those people like they do Trump. Trump is being persecuted and it's unfair. And what I'll say to the people that are crying about Trump's persecution is that, look, Trump loves to be the center of attention, right? He loves to be the guy in the middle with the spotlight. He loves to see that, right? He, he you know, it's known that if you, if you say nice things about him, if you uh, kneel to him and, and uh, you know, proverbially kiss the ring, uh, he will be... Uh, much more appreciative of you in his own way um, because he loves to have his ego stroked, right? And so Trump, Trump goes out and he says things, he, he does things, he makes a grand show out of everything. Uh, everything is a big production. He likes the attention. And what I'll say to that is um, when you like to be the center of attention and you like and you, and you love to tell it like it is and just be real direct with people, um, there are going to be those that like it and those that don't. So when you draw that attention to yourself, right, you have all the people who love you, but then there are the people who don't. And when you're in a position where you're running for president of the United States and you're a billionaire, um, you draw in that additional scrutiny. Because uh, there are plenty of very, very wealthy people out there, built millionaires and billionaires, who we never see in the news, we never see in the spotlight. You know, I know a couple very, very wealthy people from the Youngstown area who go out of their way to stay out of the media, out of the news. They literally pay people to make sure that their net worth doesn't make the Forbes list and that they aren't, uh, uh, um, that, you know, people don't know how much money they have because they don't want that scrutiny, right? Not because they've done anything wrong, although a couple... Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's, you, you say Youngstown, but, <laughs> but, um, but that's, that's how they operate. Right. Like, so this idea that, you know, and, and they do that to avoid the scrutiny that Trump is getting. Right. The more you're out there, the more you're showing your face, the more you're flaunting your wealth jet with your name on it. You know, not just any jet. Right. Not not just a, a little Cessna or something like that. But you're talking about a 747 jet with your name across it. Multiple buildings from New York, Atlantic City to Vegas with your name on it. Um, the, you know, a rally just for a rally, right? Like you're not necessarily running for president, but you want to gather as many people as you can in the largest venue that you can. So you could go on and on and on about all the things that you like and you dislike. Uh, you can talk shit about people and you can do this and that. And you draw that attention to yourself. It's going to draw scrutiny, right? And so this idea that he's being persecuted unfairly more than anyone else in the history of the world, according to him, uh, is bullshit. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Um, you know, I will say this. I agree with everything you just said. And if he did not have a spotlight, then this may not be prosecuted. Because 
You know, he's saying it's a witch hunt. Okay, but you're a witch. <laughs> like, like what he's being accused of, it seems pretty clear he did. So you're not a victim of wrongful prosecution. You just might not be a target typically in Manhattan for doing what you did because you're not a public figure. And I do think uh, Alvin... Bragg. Bra- Alvin Bragg, thank you. Alvin, I, I do think he he's trying to make a name for himself. Sure. And going after Trump makes a name for you. Just like you want to take down Al Capone makes a name for you. Yep. It doesn't mean he didn't do it. <laughs> and it doesn't mean this is the biggest crime he's ever committed. It's here's what we can get you for. And in the, the victim card is just not right, yeah. working so, for me. So, and with that, like, uh, now as a prosecutor, you do need to be careful, right? And you, you're you not supposed to lead with your emotions and your gut. You're supposed to follow the law. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, look, we know that we know that Trump paid Stormy Daniels off, right? Like that's not up for debate, right? Like I mean, well, oh, now it is because apparently now he's saying nothing ever happened, and I've got a, we've got a great first lady. He's denying. I mean, look, dude. Okay, denied. but let's all let's right, right, aside sorry, from sorry, from sorry. you know Trump's spin, we know that you wrote the check for one hundred thirty thousand dollars. We know that it went from you to Stormy Daniels, right? And then, Michael Cohen to Stormy Daniels, and right. you to Michael Cohen. Yeah. But the question is, how was that handled during your campaign? How did you report it? How did you show it? Um, and there, there are laws on this. This is this is why you know going back to George Santos or George whatever his name is, um, you know, like he he is being investigated for for you know campaign finance improprieties. Um, like I said, John Edwards, uh, going back, like he was found yeah. guilty of, and there are plenty of politicians who have got sucked into this, some being more uh, uh, flamboyant than others. Um, but this, this at that particular aspect, isn't uncommon. Um, in terms of, is this a good thing or is it a bad thing, to your original question, I don't know. And I think that, you know, Bragg and the state of New York do need to tread lightly um, because, look, this our, our democracy is now uh, at risk, right? Um, and not that it hasn't been really since you know. I mean, people say January Trump. Six. <laughs> well, I mean, people say you know, like just Trump in general, and and I would argue that the Tea Party really sort of set this off. But um, you know, and here's the thing: if you, with him being a former president, I'm sorry, he's not a normal citizen, and you do have to look at it a little bit different. And people want to go to, no one's above the law. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, they are. We know this, right? There are some people that are, the legal system is just different for them, and it's not fair, and it's not right, and everything's supposed to be equal across the board. It's not. So uh, let's not, let's stop pretending that it is. And so if he did these things, so be it. Um, And go ahead and prosecute him. Uh, But you better have a strong case. You better have crossed your T's and dotted your I's and you, you, you bring this case because you have the evidence to prove what you're alleging. Because if you don't, not only does he walk, but that shifts so much energy and power towards Trump. And it already has. And we're only at the grand jury indictment stage, right? We're not at pretrial. We're not at trial. We don't have a verdict. And his, the people who support him are already rallying. Right. And the talking heads are already in spin mode. And there are, you know, conservative commentators that just because of the indictment 
are stirring the pot of, well, this is going to lead to civil war and blah, 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 blah. And this is a, this is an attack on American freedoms. And if they could do it to Trump, they could do it to you. And this is a, a move of a dictator and, and all, all that stuff is out there. And is that, is, is that bullshit? Yeah, sure. But the problem is, is that when you have as many, when you have the type of support that Trump has, whether those statements whether you view those statements as, as true or false, like that kind of has to go out the window because if people believe it and they buy into it and the, 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 the fury starts to grow and mount, right, then we saw what happened on January 6th. You know, Trump said, come and support me and, and let's, let's, let's show them what we got and, and let's, we're, we're not going down without a fight. And then it turns into what it turns into. Like, look, he, he, when he found out that he was going to be indicted, he gets on his own social media on Truth Social and starts telling people, "Come to Mar-a-Lago or come to New York and don't, you know, don't let them take me in without a fight and come and support me and tell them this is BS and everything else." You know, if you get a mob of even 500 or 1000 people or 3000, 10, 20, however many you get, um, you know, this is New York. True. They do have plenty of police, but are they going to be able to really contend with a thousand pissed off people, right? That are that are angry because their dear leader is is they they feel is being uh, uh, ushered into a, a kangaroo court. Um, I just, you know, I don't know. And again, it goes back, you know, Trump playing the victim card, um, you know, talking about his illegal, you know, talking about how the election was stolen, and and now they're out to get him. And and again, I go back to. You know, like, look, you brought the attention and the spotlight off uh, on yourself. You know, when you decide that you're going to run for president, you come down the gold escalator and you make a big deal about it and you go in and you start talking about Muslims and, and Mexicans not sending their best and all these things that you're going to do. You know, we, you and I off air, we're talking about the movie American Gangster. Right? Yes, we were. And thinking about that, what gets Frank Lucas on the radar of of Richie the detective, the, the fancy fur coat, the fancy fur at the coat, Ali fight at the Ali fight, sitting front row. He had f seats in front of Joe Lewis, right? Right. That was, and then what? He's, what he's, did he Joe say? Joe girl, right? What 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 did he say? He said, "Richie you paid, says you paid for it." No, 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 no. Oh. Richie says, "Who's that? Who's that guy? Anybody know who this guy is?" Right. And for Trump, Trump, his entire presidency and campaign basically threw on the fur coat with the matching fur hat and sat in the front row of the Ali fight. And but that's, that's there's a huge difference though. Huge that's difference. the one time that he stepped out of. Yes. Right? His whole thing was stay low key. Exactly. Trump's whole thing has been stick me in the front row. Well, but what I'm saying is when you stick yourself in the front row, right? Yeah. Frank did it once. And right? it burned and, it. And, 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 and it brought his whole thing down. Right? Trump is... is you know, has basically made a what career. What sucks is most people don't know how good a movie this is. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, Trump has made a career of being yes. in the spotlight. But then he steps into the ring of politics, yes. of politics yes. and running for president. And all of a sudden, that scrutiny, you know, before it goes to, oh, I just can't stand this guy, blah, 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 blah. Right? But he's not president and people have other fish to fry and there's plenty of other business people who do this shit. But then you run for president. That's a game changer. That's Trump sitting in the front row. Then... Everything he said while running for president and as president is basically him throwing on the fur coat, right? It's just like, all right, now we're going to look at you, 
right? You got all these people praising you. We're not here to praise you. Now we're going to do a deep dive. Deep dive. You want to run? You want to run the country? Let's let's see exactly who it is that wants this particular job, and and this is the this is the result of that. Now you could say that's not fair, and they should look at every business. Oh, okay. But again, this is reality. Is a fair is a bullshit word, right? And I hundred percent agree that had he just had he done what he intended to do in 2016, and I don't think I'm stretching here. I think he wanted to be the defeated candidate who then started a Trump-based news organization with Roger Ailes, and he wanted to be able to say, had you elected me, unlike this criminal Hillary Clinton, you'd have gotten this greatness and great America. And then he fucking won. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, I could. I mean, because there, there is that, that's not even is that even a debate there's, now? There's, there's plenty of of you know. If you remember at the time, he had tried to buy an NFL team, and the NFL said and he bought the, the Bills, Bills. By the right, way, your squad. Yep. And the NFL Thank said, God. no, we don't. Care. Well, no, they said, show us your finances. Yeah. And they, the NFL, I mean, and he went, oh, they don't want to do that. And they knew what he was going to say because they didn't want him, right? Like, mind sure. you, he had tried this before in the '80s, which is where the USFL came from, where. Sure. You know, he sues, they sue, and then he ends up winning and ends up having to ends up getting a dollar out of it and that whole thing. Uh, he tries to buy the bills, and then they need to. He needs to show his finances, and and he tells Punts. them they kick rocks. Um, and you know, you have all that, but you know, he he's such a you know he's such a divisive figure, right? And and he puts himself in these situations. And for so long, it has worked out for him. But yeah. he, at that point in time, he's trying to get an NFL team. That doesn't work out. Um, you know, he had his show on NBC, uh, The Apprentice, and everything else, because there's arguments that he was trying to go for a bigger deal with NBC. So if he's a former presidential candidate, he can go back to the table and say, look, people, like, look at all the attention that I got. People are going to want to see me. I want more money out of NBC. Um you know, there was talk about him starting, you know, his own social network, new Fox News, all that. Sort of, like, so all those things were in play. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. The intention wasn't to win. The intention was to drum up his status even more so that it could drive more money into his pocket. Then he ends up winning. Uh, you know, Steve Bannon jumps in as his support man and helps sort of guide the campaign and really sort of gives gives him a more of a direction as a candidate. Um, starts to give him play on Breitbart on their on their news uh, uh, network on on um, on Sirius satellite, and all of a sudden he wins this thing, and then he just keeps rolling and says, "All right, like how far can we take it?" And it ends up being financially beneficial for him, but he's got to deal with you know some of the skeletons in his in his closet, you know the Stormy Daniels and the other girl and all these other things, um, and he's able to sort of navigate his way through it without getting a lot of trouble, right? Without without any actual recourse. But then once he's out of office, now all of a sudden these people are just like, hey, we didn't forget about you. And you like attention, so we're giving you that attention. And now that you're not protected by the office of the presidency, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to dig in. So New York is the first one. There's still Georgia. There's still the federal investigation regarding January 6th. Um, so by the end of the year, you know, he could be fighting on three different fronts to basically keep himself out of jail. And, and, and that's one of the things that bothers me the most about this is what he's being charged with now, to me, is like the least of the things that I think he should be uh, challenged or penalized for. 
I mean, but they're all three different, right? They're, like they're, they're one's they're New York, separate so, entities, understood, right? In New I York, and 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 if I'm a prosecutor in New York, and you come to me and say, well. You know, Georgia, their thing is a little bit more serious than yours, so why don't you... If I'm Alvin Bragg, I'm like, who the fuck are I you and why? Right. I don't care. <laughs> right? He broke do laws you, you do here. your job, I'll do mine. Right? Like, he broke laws here. So if we find him guilty first, and we sentence him, and you guys find him guilty, and you sentence him, then we'll figure out how to get him to you to serve his time or whatever, but, like, this is... I, like, New York is my, you know, my yeah, responsibility. Yeah. No, I, I, again, I think Alvin Bragg is probably saying, I want to be the guy that took down Trump. I do think that's a political motivated decision on his part. And he's got to be careful. And he's got to be careful, but it also doesn't mean he's wrong. Right. Right. I mean, again, Al Capone went to prison for the rest of his life for income tax evasion. He was involved in, I don't know how many murders, how many awful things. But they got him for income tax evasion. And that's what this is. But that doesn't mean the law is wrong. It looks like he... And one, one thing I wanted to do this... I almost, I kept meaning to do a, like a whiskey shot uh, for the show and say... There's people saying the statute of limitations had expired. That is not accurate. So the statute of limitations was six years. And this occurred more than six years ago. But the law in New York says if you move out of the state, then that extends. Mm-hmm. And he moved to... Washington D.C. because that's where the president lives. So well, te- that, technically, he changed his residence to. Um, oh, I'm being in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Either way. Right. Either way, he moved out of the state. So the the statute of limitations argument is bullshit. Whether this is a political prosecution or persecution, whatever, make that argument if you want. But I mean, look, if the in listen, just because this is happening in New York, it doesn't really impact anything that's happening in Georgia or with the January 6th True. investigations, right? And if Alvin Bragg has the evidence that these crimes occurred, again, it's a 34-count indictment. It's sealed. I haven't seen them. I haven't read them. Read them. I also don't know New York law, right? Not, not all states have the same laws and everything else, so I don't know enough about uh, New York state law to be able to start to speculate on the various uh, uh, counts and, and, and everything else and the allegations. Um, you know, once I see them, I can, you know, look at it with a little bit more, uh, you know, information, sure. knowledge, whatever. Uh, but uh, what I will say is that if, if the evidence is strong enough where he believes that he can get a conviction, then I would say there's no reason for him to not pursue that conviction uh, 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 or pursue that prosecution but the reality is we are talking about a formal president and while people want to go to the no one's above the law which i agree we do need to look at the stability of our democracy right now some people say trump going down for everything he's done wrong um helps to stabilize our democracy uh and then others are saying like look if you're going to get him on petty bullshit then that's going to destabilize it because then they're going to go after Biden for petty bullshit, right? And we already know that yeah. uh, that the conservative side has a huge hard on for Hunter Biden and all his bullshit, um, and they're not necessarily wrong, right? But if you're going to go ahead and go through with it, then you need to make sure that you do it right. And like I said earlier, cross the T's, dot the I's, uh, have the evidence presented in a way that that gets the job done. And, and get the prosecution and deal with the after effects. And I would say the same thing in Georgia, right? And I think Georgia actually has a murkier case 
um, because it's going to be how people interpret what was said, right? With Trump, it's with with New York, it's how did the money? How was the money reported? Right, you've got you've got the documents sure. that were sub- submitted to the campaign. Financial to, records, to, right? Was, like yep. you've got all that stuff. You can show that. You can compare it to what the law is. And if he did it right, you got nothing. If he didn't, then you got something. And so, but you still have to bring it home because it's going to go in front of a jury. And you need. And if you're you're going to bring these charges, then you need to be able to win. You just need to be able to win. You know, that's something that that we've talked about a bunch, bunch of times uh, on the show and off. That when you deal with high-level cases, all of these prosecutors are so hesitant to swing and miss. Yeah, they they do. If they can't dot every I, cross every T, and win, they don't want to do anything. They want a ninety-nine. They want a Grenada to quote Wolf of Wall Street. They want an absolute slam dunk case. And, and here's the, fact- the reason why: it's not just their records, their reputation, and everything else. That's part of it. That's, I'm that sure. matters. <laughs> But at the same time, look, in some of these instances, if you got a guy who you know is dirty, but he's good at hiding it, and you charge him with X, and you don't get it, then a lot of times it's a, it's a one-shot deal, right? Because, like, he, he's found not guilty, then you can't bring those charges again, right? Now, if there's new evidence that's, that, that, sur- that resurfaces, okay, then yes, maybe, but how often does that happen? I mean, that's a double jeopardy thing, right? right? Uh, yeah, there, there, there's, there, there's risk there. So if you've got a guy who's dirty and you don't have a great case, then no, you don't bring that case. Because you don't, you don't want to bring a case just for the sake of doing it because of your ego or whatever. You also don't want to lose a case because of ego, but at the same time, you have to be... There, there's, there, there's, there's tactics that you need to think about and that you need to use... To, when you come to make that decision, right? Because it, it's prosecutorial discretion. And prosecutors look at cases every day where they have evidence of a crime committed, they have to think about the bigger picture, and yes, there's evidence that a crime was committed, but can is there enough to prove these allegations and win in court? I have to convince 12 people that aren't familiar with the law, uh, that don't have a legal background or experience in this particular field, um, that are going to have varying degrees of education, political affiliation, life experiences, all these things, there are a lot of variables that are out of the prosecutor's control that they have to take into consideration when they're bringing a case. And if that case isn't strong enough to win, if it's kind of, I mean, we might be able to pull it off if we get the right, if we get the right jury and it's the right time of the, whatever, right? Like you, you can't go in with the major prosecution that way. And if, the, if it, you're trying to make a name of yourself on right. I'm the guy who took down Trump and you swing and miss, you're now the guy who looks right. like the it, guy. Because who, in, when you're dealing with these high net worth individuals, right, they've got resources, a lot of resources, way yeah. more than the average person. And so bringing a case against someone with those sort of resources, uh, you again, you have to be careful. It's not like picking up average Joe off the street. Who you can throw them in Rikers Island, let them sit there for two years and right. figure and, out, and or just just the fact that the person, like, look, I don't have the money to go out and get a high priced attorney right. with multiple people looking at every different in and out of the law to figure out if I can get out of this thing or not, right? If 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 they're just picking you up off the street, then they're going to throw the charges at you. You hire an attorney. Your attorney's going to do the best that he's can that he can, but it's him, right? And maybe his legal assistant against the state. Right. Whereas with Trump, it's it's not just an attorney. It's it's not just one law firm. 
right? right? Like, I mean, you could have three law firm, three high powered law firms working now, on the his lawyers defense. he's hired does draw some scrutiny. Well, <laughs> like Rudy Giuliani and Michael Cohen least, are uh, lawyers. Uh, he's uh, Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. <laughs> right. I mean, like, look, even because now, he's fucked over enough lawyers in his life. Right. Tough. I mean, and and I, all you take all that into account. Yeah. You know, as a prosecutor, and that's how. You come to a decision on if you're going to do something or not. I, w- I want to throw something at you, though, because you and I have kind of parried over the term me calling cult, me calling Trump a cult leader. And then he goes and does a fucking rally in Waco, Texas, mm. on the 30-year anniversary of the British Davidian. And, it's, 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 it, you know, it's funny to me. They said it's a 30-year anniversary, and I thought, okay, is it to the day? That took 51 days. That took almost two months. Mm-hmm. Now, it's 30 years ago. Yep. But... It took a long time, and I remember that happening. I was a senior in college or junior in college, and I mean, it was it was just a constant source of jokes. And now I've, as an adult, revisited that whole thing, and what a fucking mess! The federal government deserves a ton of blame for how they handled that situation. Having said that, David Koresh was a fucking cult leader, a crazy-haired psycho who got people to die for him. And then well, Trump I mean, shows up there. Right. It's just, and there was, it wasn't just that he was the leader of a cult, right? Like a cult in and of itself isn't necessarily illegal. No, right? it's not illegal. It was, it's, it's what it's what right. they were doing yes. inside that inside that compound, inside yeah. that compound um, that had you know raised the attention of of the authorities. Um, and like you said, the federal government completely fumbles it and fucks that up. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that David Koresh was a criminal, um, correct? Who who had hurt a lot of people, um, and was very manipulative, and and cost a lot of people their lives. Yeah. Um, with help from the federal government and their handling of the situation, uh, Trump, oddly enough, you, you know, and my 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 back and forth with you on whether it's a cult or it's, not it's is volume. Not, is it's not. It's right. It's to me, this is bigger than a cult. Right, it's just yeah, you're right, but this has grown into a movement, a, a revolution of sorts, of people who are just devoid of facts and reality, and spin it, and they've got power of the media, they've got power of, they've got political power, uh, all the way from the top, all the way to the bottom, and it's just to me, it's just like cult undersells, understates what I, I, it is, I and that, that's my only argument. I, I understand, and and I've I've trying to be fair to you on that, that you're saying it's a matter of scope or scale, yes. not just the term. But then I think there's some big cults out there. There's people who call the Catholic Church a cult. I That's, might be one of them. Um, and, and, and agreed. And, and I think even with the Catholic Church or the Scientology and all that other shit, like, I agree. Mormonism? Yeah. I mean, but again, do. to me, all that stuff is, is there's got to be, there's, it's We something, need a new word. Right. We need a new word that's bigger. Right, and, that, okay. and that's that's or, my only argument. <laughs> Again, I you know I don't want to spar with you over you know terminologies other than to say that they are not exempt from this cult mentality. We need to step into our ring. No, we don't. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. I, Fair I, enough. I, I Fair I've enough. been creaking getting out of bed for the last couple of days. Um, all right, you know what though. No, 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 we're not going to do that. On second thought, it's not a great idea. All right. (laughs) Jim will be typing his answers today, folks. (laughs) Um, We have not talked about your boy Ron DeSantis, who 
We've talked about him a actually, lot. I think we the, have last time, a lot. the last time I was on the show, we actually did. We but did, but that was like three weeks ago, right? Yeah, I, was, I, know. I know. And, and, and uh, to me, he, you, know, he, you and I have traded some text, text messages, and you've been saying the whole time that his smart move is just lay back, let Trump do his thing. Trump's now calling him Tiny D because Trump can't talk about a candidate without bringing up dick size, which is pathetic and hilarious at the same time. Right. But if you can see how much you're trying not to laugh out loud, it would be great. But DeSantis is... Well, I keep thinking about the Stormy Daniels description of his dick. Did you, did like, you see the tweet? Did you send the tweet? When yeah. Trump wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. No, he used a three-inch one. <laughs> did you see that? Yes. <laughs> Stormy Daniels is... All right. It's, that's such a funny thing. Because we all know what happened. Yeah. He didn't deny it for the longest time. It was always, you know, horse phase, blah, 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 whatever. And now he's literally getting away with saying it never happened. Like, we know it fucking happened, dude. <laughs> what? And yet, and listen, and, that, whether, and that's cult. That's yeah, like, you can well, just change reality and, and based on your words. Is, look, I, whether, they, whether you banged her or not, ultimately, we do know you paid her. Right now, yeah. you could say it's Michael extortion and blah blah blah. Because now they're going well. It was extortion all along. You never did. Okay, fine. But what we do know is that you paid her. The question is, how'd you report it? How'd you show it? And if you didn't do it the right way, that's a crime, and you're dealing with that now. So, uh, but going back to Ron DeSantis, yeah, I mean, I, I I laid out his plan for him. So if he listens to the show, he's been you know following pretty closely and and doing everything that I said. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because he came out, I think, yesterday and said that he wouldn't extradite Trump um, if it came to it. Now, here's the thing. Ultimately, he doesn't have to, right? It's not like he's not required to, but he wanted to make that statement. And that was because he knows that a lot of his base, if and when he does declare that he's running, are still in that Trump camp. And he doesn't want to alienate them, which is why I said all along is that he was going to sit back. He was going to wait to get really get into it with Trump um, until he absolutely had to. Right. And while he, he did do an interview with, I believe, Sean Hannity um, or somebody not that long ago, it was it was somebody in, in that sort. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he took some small jabs at Trump, but he really hasn't come out against them Um you know, it, it really has talked more about like, look, I'm just here to, I'm here to govern. I'm here to run the state of Florida. I, I you know, I want to support, you know, the right people, and I, and and I, I don't want to kneel to the woke left and all that other stuff, right? So he says most of the right things. Um, you know, takes some small jabs at Trump, but ultimately does, you know, like he he doesn't wade too deep. Um, <laughs> His best one was, I don't know the proper. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the proper etiquette for paying off a porn star, but that's not what I'm about. Right. <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Like, put on a tee. Yeah. I mean, and God. so I, it's it's interesting, but what, like, so what's your, what are your, what, why did you put him on a board? Because I think he's a danger to himself and only to himself. I think. DeSantis, you mean? Yeah. DeSantis, okay. if, if he shuts the fuck up, he wins. The more he exposes himself, the worse he is because he is like you've said this he's smart he's educated he's got the credentials he's also a raging douchebag yep and the less you see of raging douchebag and the more you see of 
Harvard-educated, Yale-educated, yada, 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 the better he looks. And if he's just the guy that Trump's attacking and sits back, he's in great shape. But when he's, he's actually in public, he does not come off well. Yeah, but a lot of people are just, and a lot of people say that, but Trump doesn't come off well, and he's doing Trump's just Trump's charismatic, though. Yeah, but uh, is he? I, he, I mean, he, I, I he guess. is, Steve. He uh, is. Okay. Um, and, 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 and charismatic isn't necessarily, David Koresh was charismatic. People followed right, him. I, I get it, right? So was Bill Clinton, so was Obama. Yeah. I mean, but Bush wasn't, right? But, you know. Yeah, well, was he? I but mean, kind of Especially was. the first Bush, you know. George H.W. George H.W. was not charismatic. I mean, he was about Mr. as charismatic no. as his fucking My shoe, yes. Gatorade bottle. But, um, <laughs> Gatorade, I, and, and brought I'm, to you by Wishy Congress. Yeah, and, and I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and measure charisma. Um, you know, but what it, I will say it, is... It's what's become the main characteristic you need to succeed in our politics but also DeSantis is smart enough to know um and and he's uh, listen he got into he was in a tight race with Andrew Gillum for the governor right right? the governorship and he barely wins Andrew Gillum goes completely off the rails and And whatever there but Male uh, he wasn't dead. Did he not die? No, he, okay, was, he just oh. OD'd. Okay, I'm they sorry. brought him back. I see. But, I'm so sorry. You know, Andrew Gillum had that sort of situation, so he disappears out of nowhere. But then, you know, he wins. You know, DeSantis ends up winning, going away in that next election, um, and he's got the governorship. And listen, he the support for him is there, right? We know that, right? Is it enough to win the election? Is it enough to beat Trump? That part we don't know. Uh, but I don't think he's done anything to really hurt himself. Um, to this point, and a lot of people are saying he's not going to sell nationally. People aren't going to like. I'm like, look, it, it's still this is a different sort of this is a different sort of battle, right? And DeSantis doesn't necessarily need to be Barack Obama charismatic or Bill Clinton charismatic. Like he, he he's not going to swoon the panties off the ladies, but he does know how to push the right buttons. He knows how to push the right levers, right? Like he leans on the wokeism and he and he and he's got the track record in how he governs the state of florida that he can point to and he he does know the right things to say and you could sit there and say he's not going to come off well well the thing is the things that he's doing in florida that people are all up in arms about they're doing in texas they're doing in iowa they're doing in north dakota south dakota whatever ohio (laughs) ohio right like so his policies are there, and he'll be able to point to those. Like, look, we did it first, and then Texas did it, and then this state did it, and then that state did it. Uh, and when he goes places, he has support. So this idea that he's not going to sell well, and he's not charismatic, and he's a raging douche and all that stuff, I agree with all of it. That's fine. But the reality is so. the reality is, is that people still buy into him. And if it seems that Trump isn't a viable candidate... They're not going to all of a sudden come back down to earth and shift to Nikki Haley and shift to your boy in Maryland. Um, Who, by the way, let's say it, Larry Hogan, my boy in Maryland, has said he's not running. Oh, he did? He's officially, he is officially declared he is not running because he didn't want to take it away from the... I, 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 honestly, I thought that was a setup when you started on this road. No. No? You didn't hear it? I, I, I Larry hear Hogan it. has said, I'm not running, to which I went, motherfucker. Like, if you wanted this guy to vote Republican, that was your guy. No, not gonna happen. I won't. Uh, I won't give you. Won't you won't gloat. <laughs> I won't gloat until the, I told you so, and he didn't have a chance in hell. But you know, 
That's your version of gloating. But but to to close out DeSantis, he's riding a wave. He's get he's riding the Trump wave without being Trump, and that's what people love about him is oh he's got all that shit that I love getting said, but I don't have the goofy orange hair and the three inch dick poking Stormy Daniels. I couldn't help but sneak that in there because it was funny. Either could he. Um, but that's about all he could do. Is about, apparently, apparently, um, and dude, all right, I, I want to move on from this, but I was say, when you start calling a porn star that you fucked horse face and say you're not into her, that just makes you look like a complete scumbag. Well, I wouldn't fuck horse face. Well, you did. We know you did, and now you're like, we've seen video of her performing said acts. Someone in this room may or may not have DM'd Miss Daniels at one point. Yeah. yeah, you did. <laughs> I know I did. I know you did. You put on the show. And I'm not, I wasn't calling you out. You, to come on the show, not not for... Yeah, you know. no, no, I understand. Yeah. Well, there, if, I'll DM her for the other reason. Um, I can give her three and a half. All right, anyway, moving on. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was giving a speech the other day, and someone attacked her by blowing a whistle. Literally blowing a whistle. She's trying to talk, and someone is disrupting her nonsense with shrill noise which basically to me was shrill noise trying to take over shrill noise. And she called this a criminal act and wanted this person arrested. MDG, okay. let's talk about free speech, sweetheart. Also, I mean, we could also talk about her own behavior at the State of the Union address. Where she, she yelled out and yeah. screamed the entire time that Joe Biden was talking. So there's that. The hypocrisy and rationality don't come into play anymore. Come on now. But anyway, Marjorie Taylor Greene is becoming such a fucking joke. Becoming? Uh, has been a fucking joke. Since, for so long. Since we learned her and name. And it still works. Yeah. Why? Exact, which is why I'm sitting here telling you. Like, your people are like, oh, well, Ron DeSantis. P- people in the cross country, they're not going to like him. Marjorie Taylor Greene is pulling in money from all over the country. And she's a complete and utter dipshit about as charismatic as the bottom of my ball sack. Right, like so. Don't give me the oh, your ball is, sack. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is freshly shaved. <laughs> I will okay, tell you. Okay, I opened that door. My fault. Well, you walked into it. Uh, I did not walk into your ball sack. I walked into the conversation. <laughs> Keep talking, buddy. That <laughs> statement can become true. Okay. I'm and not. This a, is I'm not above a teabag. Absolutely I not. I am above being teabagged willingly. All right, moving on. Yes. So I'm that's going to get you get you drunk. Uh, um, oh, that'll be a challenge. But. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, like going back to the charisma thing, she you, you can't say she's charismatic at all, right? And yet, look at the She's a that, firebrand. Uh, I mean, you can give her okay, credit so, for being so is, loud. So is Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Oh, but I, I actually say Ron DeSantis. All right, go on. Because I don't want to call him charismatic because he's really not. Right. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's the thing that, and all I'm saying is, like, it's not like the, the whole charisma thing on that side of the aisle is, yeah, it's beneficial. It's beneficial to anyone who actually has it, but they don't necessarily need it. And their brand is selling across the country, whether Democrats or people, progressives or people on the left or independent or whatever, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, there are people who are buying what DeSantis and Marjorie Taylor Greene and these others are selling because they want to. Right, like they don't, they don't need to be convinced. They just want to. They want someone to say the things that they want to hear, and they don't care about the delivery. If they, if you say the things that these people want to hear, they will support you. That's it. I wish I could argue. 
I've got no... I was going to say the exact words you said, that you say what they want to hear, and suddenly I'm hearing it from someone in power. They must be capable because, after all, they're in Congress. They're the governor. They're whatever. And we've had this conversation but that doesn't even matter, show. right? Like Marjorie Taylor Greene wasn't in, wasn't in Congress. She, you know, was a, a a CrossFitter that owned a construction company or whatever, and just started saying whatever, and she blew up into a into what she is now, a right? two term Congress member, exactly. And so, and again, when it when it comes to DeSantis, and you want to sit there and tell me, well, once he gets on the national stage, people aren't gonna like him, and that'll be the end. Of, uh, okay, well, I disagree. And so do the people that are going to support him and pour money into his campaign and vote for him if that's their option. Period. Point blank. The end. Tell me I'm wrong. All you want. You can deny it all you want. But we know I'm right. <laughs> and and I don't I don't see Marjorie. Here's a big difference. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not a smart human being, not an educated human being. <laughs> Whereas DeSantis is. What? She is. Visibly stupid, <laughs> observably stupid. Visibly, it, it, it hurts. Observably, it hurts because she's white. But like, Marjorie Taylor Greene is observably stupid. To way. quote Dave Chappelle. Yes. All right, man. Um, I want to move on to a few other things. Um, another death in Russia. In this case, a pop music star. I wish I had his name in front of me. I don't. But he wrote a song, did a song about drowning in a river. And that became the emblem for the anti-Putin movement. And dude drowned in a river. So I want to say, on the record, I would hate to be fucked to death by Russian prostitutes. Because that would be terrible. Please, Vladimir, don't do that to me. See, the problem is, (laughs) if if it were Vladimir Putin and he had a reason to... You'd probably make that come true, but not in a way that you would want it to be. All right, well, not not quite the Russian we, prostitutes you were thinking, but um, look, I, I glad think, the ambassador. Now, I'm glad you brought this up because are you? There are well, yeah. Um, look, there are people out there on the conservative right that are vehemently against U.S. support of Ukraine to the point where they are actually saying, like, look. I think Putin's getting a bad rap. I think Putin is the good guy here, and I think that we need to listen to what he's saying. And, um, you know, every, the media tells us that Putin's bad, right? But is he really bad? It's just like, yeah, he kills his political opposition. Um, and I know that he sells this idea that everything is going great in Russia, but it is not, right? Like, I mean, they, they, they got some pretty rough shit going his, on His bank there. account's doing great, by the way. His bank account is doing fantastic. Um, and, you know... Vlad, we're looking for investors, so call me. Uh, we can be but, bought. We can, right, I have a price. Com- comrade, we have uh, um, Yeah, but um, like all of a sudden, I will come to national or world, the no, world no, no, championships no. of powerlifting right, in Russia. Right, we talked about this, and I said I would go with you. I will not. The fuck no, you won't. <laughs> Once again, I will get your ass drunk and get you on a plane. Where um, the fuck am I? You're in Moscow, bitch. <laughs> Actually, I think it was in St. Petersburg. But anyway, oh, um, forgive me for my but, wild. No, bad but report. I mean, I think it, it, like you see this right, and and it's in the, the you know you see it on Twitter, you see it on social media. Um, you know, it hasn't quite made mainstream media, but there are those out there, the conservative talking heads, you know, trying to spin Putin as this this again, like trying to spin him in a similar light as. To Trump, he's misunderstood, and people are mischaracter- mischaracterizing him, and and the left is doing this, and Joe Biden is doing this to make him look bad because ultimately Joe Biden is a warmonger and he's doing a proxy war in Ukraine and all this other stuff. Sure. Look, um, 
you know, the, the whole U.S. proxy war, Ukraine versus Russia, yeah, I buy it, acknowledge it. I think that's a legitimate criticism, observation. Um, you know, we've dumped a lot of money into the Ukraine, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, right? Because I, I personally don't think it's a good idea to watch Russia expand. And people want to say, well, you're a hypocrite because the U.S. has gone into Syria and Iran. And I'm like, look, yeah, and you know what? Here's the deal. We're the big bad bully on the block now. We have competition, a lot of it. Now, if you look at what China is doing with uh, uh, Iran and the Middle East and Brazil and you know Syria. in Syria and these other countries, um, and they they like China has gone from uh, like, and what China's doing in Africa, by the way, which gets it, no attention at right, all. Like and and listen, like I could go on and on and on about what China is doing right now. That is a direct threat to every single person in this country, me, you, across the board, right? I mean, they're trying to get their own currency with these other countries um, to uh, that would stand up against or overstep the dollar. Uh, it, you know, China is getting directly involved with the UN. They're trying to make policy. They're trying to make law, international law um, that mimics the laws in China. They're shifting the way that they govern their own people. Uh, they're looking for much further international reach than they already have um, to not only combat the United States, but to completely overtake the United States as the number one world power across the board. Um, and, you know, like the, the question is, are they trying to broker a peace deal with Russia and Ukraine, or are they just supporting Russia so that Russia takes over and wins? And then if Russia has got more control and power in that region than they do as well, uh, like China is absolutely a fucking threat to everything that we know and love in this country. Um, and going back to Vladimir Putin, um, this idea of them spinning this as, as him being the victim and that he's doing the right thing by invading Ukraine and we should stay out of it, um, like that can't be ignored. Um, but this is an example of why Putin is a bad guy. Right, you could. Oh, you don't know that he that guy didn't drown on his own. You don't know that Putin had him killed. Get the fuck out of here. Right, like, are we are we really doing this? What are they? What are the <laughs> right? Like, what are the like? I mean, like, I, I will give Putin credit for for creativity. For creativity, like, you know, it's not even creativity though, Steve. Right, it's like, I you want to choose how to die? You're you're, you're Ghostbusters. I ruined the, 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 the <laughs> Steve Puff Marshmallow Man. I tried to think of the most innocent thing. Sorry, yeah, we were right. But but the point is that listen, Putin isn't a good guy. Putin isn't doing this for. You know, because he's trying to flush, right? He's trying Nazis to flush, flush out the Nazis in Ukraine, right? He's doing this to expand his power and control in that region. And you could say, well, it's because of NATO. Okay, sure, fine. Maybe he is doing it because of NATO, right? But that still doesn't mean you cross into another country and just start leveling their infrastructure and their cities and capturing their people and killing their people and everything else, right? Like that's that's just not how you do it. And if the, if that is how you do it, then I'm sorry. Then you should be pushed back against. Um, and the United States has an interest in not allowing Russia to do that and, and, um, and push further into Ukraine. Uh, and and I, I, I stand by it. And now look, again, the amount of money that they're putting into it, considering the issues that we have here, I can listen to that argument as well. But what's, what's more important, like the issues that we have here, we know aren't solved with money. Money helps a great deal, and we need it. But... The issues over there, 
right, are solved with money because they and the money we're not just taking and handing them briefcases full right. of money, right? It's so in we're selling them arms, right? We're we're giving them weapons and tanks and drones and planes and training and hum, there is the humanitarian aspect and you know ways to prevent this all that goes into it it's not just sending over bales of cash um and that's when wars are expensive for that reason you know and you, listen i get it you, people think that the u.s needs to stay out of a lot of this shit and focus more on the u.s i can listen to that argument all day but at the same time w- listen this is now a global economy, a global socio-political world that we live in because of the internet, because of the ability to travel, and we have foreign interest. Um, and it's ugly, and sometimes it's hyper- hypocritical based off the way that we operate, but we are who we are, right? I'm not going to shy away from it and be like, no, it's not. Yeah, there's nuance, and it's different. Um, there are different reasons, and, and, and sometimes we were called in to help, whatever it may be. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you let Putin run into Ukraine and take over the country. That, like, I don't care what you think, that's not good for anybody, especially given the importance of that country and what comes out of there. And that's not me all of a sudden being ultra sensitive to the Ukraine people. The bottom line is there's a lot of shit that comes out of that country that we don't want Russia to have control of. I mean, jump on nuclear, you're talking about. No, I'm, grain, talking about, grain I'm talking about grain production, uh, uh, uranium, uh, neon. Uh, like it's a very it, it is resource-rich a, country. That which is why Putin wants which is why which is right. why Putin wants control over it. Which is why we don't want him to have control over it, and we want them to. We want Ukraine as an ally. Yeah, and I mean this. We've been talking about this for over a year because the war has been going on for over a year, and you really have to give credit to the Ukrainian. Government of the Ukrainian and I'll people. Own it, man. It's, it's gone on 50 weeks longer than I thought it would. Yeah. You know, no. I mean, I thought this, no, this first happened, we were like, okay, and we know what happens in two weeks. Right. I mean, it says a Fast lot about the year. Ukrainian people and their willingness to fight. Yes, the, the, it's a lot of their ability to fight has come from support for the U.S., but also it points to the the inability and the ineptness of the Russian military, right? Like, sure. we thought that they were this right. group of badasses from every movie and, everybody's and, and, ever seen and the way we talked about them. And you know what? Come to find out, not so much. You know, when you sit on your ass for 20 years talking about how great you are and then suddenly get pushed into action, oh, it's a different game. Now, I, and, and, and what I also I'm say... I'm not trying to be... Uh, well, well, no, you're not wrong. Right. No, 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 no <clears> you're right. But here's the thing. I also think that's why China is taking the approach that they're taking. Now... China's this shit that China is doing has been in the works for years, right? Like this isn't a response to what's happening in Russia, but they have picked up the pace because they see, I think they see what's happening with Russia and Russia's inability to win this war on the ground fighting, right? They're seeing the support that the Ukraine is getting, but they're also seeing that the fight that Ukraine is putting up, right? So China is looking at this and saying, do we really want to do this? When's the last time anybody from China has actually fought? Right, right, and, and, and right. Like, when is the last? Let's time? throw like, shade at America. We thought we could go into Iraq and it would be over in two weeks. Right. Well, how'd that work out? Well, oh, I Afghanistan. Mean, look, how'd it, that work out? And, and listen, it, Iraq, Afghanistan, definitely Our military power was. I, I get that, but what I'm saying is, uh, with China. Like, listen, our soldiers, we know, have been out and active all over the True. world for since Vietnam, since World War Two. Yeah. Right. Pretty World much, War One. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got we've got soldiers on the ground all over the world training. People want to talk about our military being woke and soft and all that other stuff. 
I still put our guys up against anybody's, flat out, right? I, I mean, like who? Yeah, really? No. Right? Well, but, I mean, it's our top, but we also it's technology. There's a whole bunch. There, more there, there's, there's all that other right. You're you're right, but when it comes to just war tactics, fighting, whatever, like I put us up against anybody, and I think China is looking at that and saying, like, look, we've got the technology, we've stolen it from all over the world, we've developed our own, we've got more people than anybody else, but are are we worth a shit on the battlefield? Right, and I think that they're looking at that and thinking like, yeah, we're probably pretty good, but Russia is over there getting their asses handed to them, and everybody thought that yeah. they were pretty good too. Yeah. So they're like, maybe there's a more diplomatic way for us to take over the world. Maybe we don't need to go Cobra Commander from GI Joe. Maybe we could do it, you know, more in a suit as opposed in as opposed to a military uniform. So they're going through and getting deeper involved in the UN. They're going through and they're just. Buying up Africa, left and right. They're going through, they're jumping into South America, right? Like, they're trying to pull Mexico away from the U.S. and into their grip, right? And they're trying to do it on a political, financial, economic way, you know, manipulating the markets and all. Like, they're trying to get it to a point where there is no war to fight, right? Because we've just taken over and we didn't have to fire a single missile, right? right. Or fire a it's, single It's one, one man with a briefcase versus ten men with a gun. Exactly. Right? Uh, is and that Godfather 2? I don't know where you stole that Something from. like that, yeah. Um, all right, man. I, I don't want to go too long, and there's a few things I really want to talk about. One of them is a story you sent to me um, that took place in Lorain, Ohio, yeah. where three young black kids are walking across the street in a residential neighborhood, and they walk into a house, and they are confronted. The Lorain, eight- Ohio is 20 minutes from here, by the right. way. Right. All right, so you sent me this video. I watched a video, and it's three kids walk across the street. Two men who are ATF uh, officers approach the house, and they demand the mother send those kids out so they can talk to them. Mm-hmm. And they say, she says, why? And they say, because they, they were jaywalking. And my first thought was, okay. Why you, the fuck does ATF care about, a, I about mean, like, kids like, jaywalking? Right? We, we both know at least one ATF yes. officer. You know him better than me. If you told him, we need to do your job, and oh, by the way, take care of pedestrian crossing violations, I, you know him better than me, my guess he would say, okay, and go fuck yourself. Yeah. Now, they create a scene. They attack, they challenge this woman, they make these statements, and they say it's because these kids were jaywalking. And then they later claim, well, the way they were walking, it looked like they had guns. I will be the first to admit I've never been trained in law enforcement. If I was worried about a couple of teenage kids having guns and I wanted to discuss this with them, ordering them to come out into the street and challenge me is not the way I would go. If their mom was out in front and they were and, and I was concerned these kids had guns, I wouldn't say, get these kids out here. I would say, ma'am, I think your kids might be carrying a gun and A, it's illegal, and B, it's not safe for your kids Let's you and I work together to get this resolved in a peaceful way. And they could not have fucked this up more. I agree. Okay. I mean, I, 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 there's just so much of it that doesn't make sense, right? Initially, oh, they were jaywalking. Yeah, so oh, you, we put this on, you put this on Twitter, right? Because that's, yeah. I think, where I saw it. All right. So follow uh, Steve on Twitter. Add was Congress on Twitter. You'll see it. So, yeah. I mean, the initial statement, that, oh, they were jaywalking. Oh, well, we thought they had guns. And it's just like. Your ATF agents, like, like jaywalking, I don't even know if you have the jurisdiction to enforce jaywalking. Oh, by the way, that neighborhood was residential. Like, if I cross the street in front of my house right now, 
technically it might be jaywalking. I am in the city of Cleveland. No one would get ticketed for jaywalking no. on the street. And the street that happened on, which when I first watched Although it... Although you would I, get a ticket in Lakewood. I've jaywalked in Lakewood a hundred times. Um, I, did, I, never got caught. I got stopped by an officer for jaywalking. Yeah, you're black. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, which it wasn't. I just was. I crossed at the at the crosswalk, but I was outside of it, right? Just trying okay. to get across, and you know, whoop, whoop, you know okay, stay in the crosswalk. Uh, yeah, okay. Right, right. But um, you know, again, federal officers stopping people for jaywalking, like okay, um, like I I have jurisdictional questions about that. And then, you know, and then to flip it and say, oh, well, we thought that they had guns. Like, well, if you thought that they had guns, why would you let them go all the way into the house, right? And, and why would you try to drag them back out of the house? Well, and there's just the idea, like, you know, if, if they have guns and they're in the house, like, do you think that they're going to come out to face two ATF, two ATF agents, which turned into 12, like, 12 total right, officers right, between right, the ATF right. and, lo and local, local Lorraine police, yeah. police? Like, that doesn't quite make sense either. Um, now look, if you if now the one thing I did think about after you and I talked about this a few days ago, you know, is do we have an instance where these kids maybe are known troublemakers, and they're known to have illegal weapons? ATF had, was in the area looking for them, saw them, and opted to confront them. I, I don't know, right? And that and that's a possibility. Right? It but, might be, but it was still handled so badly. There's a way. There, there's just a better way to handle it, right? And I know this talking to police officers and federal agents who have this level of experience that they just that these deep, like from the ATF to the local, like they all fucking handled it wrong, right? Like there's just better ways to go about this. And if you think that it's that pressing of an issue, you handle it much different. If you're unsure or what, like again. You, if you really thought that they had weapons and you're trying to get the weapons off the street, again, you're the op alcohol, tobacco, and firearms agency. Okay, so be it. But, you know, this, this, it just, everything about this felt wrong. Um, there's enough people out there saying, like, who have experience doing this, said they did it wrong, um, that I feel comfortable saying they did it wrong. Um, and, and again, like, if, if these guys are, then you find a way to actually get them with the guns on them. Right, you let them go in the house, take the guns off. Right, like you know, because where it's illegal is, you know, again with the laws in Ohio with guns. Like if you're over 18, it's gonna be tough for those for even the ATF agents to really say unless they know that the guns are somehow illegal. Right, like they're fully automatic, or that they know for a fact that the guns were obtained illegally through an illegal sale or whatever. But if they're over 18, then. It, you know, like it's an open carry state. Like we, you know, they basically got rid of the requirement for concealed carry. Um, but where you could have an issue is because these were kids. And if you thought that they had, then any gun that they have just walking down the street concealed otherwise is then therefore legal where the ATF now has jurisdiction. Right. But then, you know, throwing out there, Oh, jaywalking. It's like, uh, okay. Well, and to me, the thing is if you're trying to make the streets safer, air quoting, then inviting either kids who had guns to come out and confront you or <laughs> arm themselves more if you want to fight, then that's not the way to make things better. I just thought it was handled horribly. Yeah. And I get so annoyed when people say to me, you know, friends in law enforcement or whatever, say, well, you've never been trained. You're, you're right. I haven't. But you know what? I could have handled that better. And it's like when a quarterback throws a crossbody pass and goes, you know, 
gets a pick six, like I can say that was a dumb pass. Could you have thrown it? No, I couldn't. And that apparently mean, he couldn't either because he got intercepted. Right, exactly. So exactly. And I want to transition real quick to that because I want your thoughts on Lamar Jackson. We've gone over already. I think the Lamar Jackson situation is just a disaster in so many levels for him, for the league. I just oh think it's God. bad. Jesus, dramatic. Okay, go no. ahead. Why? Because the, he is being accused by the team that he is going to play for next year, unless things change, of being disingenuous. They claim they offered him money, and he turned it down. He's saying, no, I wasn't offered five years, $250 million with $130 million guaranteed. They're saying they offered that, or at least it's being reported that. Um the idea that everyone who's as good as Deshaun Watson, who signed for $230 million guaranteed with the Browns, should get that. If that becomes a new norm, then I don't know where things go. I know if I'm Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen or, you know, Joe Burrow, I'm going, <laughs> sign me up. Um, all right. First of all, like a lot to unpack. I don't know if it's that big of a disaster. I think it's the off season, also aka the silly season of the NFL. Um, you know, you got guys working out in shorts. You know, Cam Newton threw the ball, you know, last week or whatever, and everyone's like, "Cam is back!" I'm like, he's throwing in shorts in an arena with nobody coming at him. Yeah. Like last time we saw him with the Patriots, he literally looked like he had no idea how to throw a forward pass. Like, stop. Um, Cam Newton, at his best, was hard to beat and an amazing quarterback. And MVP, right? But, yes, you know, went to a Super Bowl, but, you know, he took a lot of abuse, and he's not the same player that he was. He could prove me wrong. He, somebody could sign him. He could come in. He could have a great season. All, all the best. But this is silly season, right? The combine, all the, these pro days, these workouts, it's guys running around in shorts. It's not football. It doesn't tell you anything. You got to get these guys in pads on the field under the lights. That's the only way to figure out if somebody can play or not, right? Like you can have all your metrics, um, and some of those metrics have proved out to be very, very good indicators of a, of a player's uh, um, ability. But, but yeah, most yeah, yeah. of those are derived from their play on the field. Then they do their actual measurements and compare the two. All this pro day bullshit and forty time and all that other stuff don't fucking matter. Um, so one, it's silly season. Two. Um, and, and with silly season comes like, well, we don't have games to talk about or records or playoffs or Super Bowls, so they talk about everything else, right? Um, and so the, I think that's a part of what's driving it. Now, as for Lamar Jackson, you know, him not having an agent and what he what he said, like, look, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got, like, quarterbacks and people with contract disputes who have them all the time. Team says one thing, player and his agent say another thing. Lamar doesn't have an agent, so that's a whole other issue that people are like, well, you have to have an agent. And blah, blah. No, you don't. There have been plenty of players who have negotiated their own contracts successfully for large contracts. Uh, player just did it, uh, offensive lineman. Um, Tunsil? Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't yeah. know he did that. But. Yeah, Tunsil just did it uh, with Houston, like, had, you know, did his own deal. Uh, another player did it as well this year. It's not really, it, it's, it's not. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's not something we have, like, we've never seen before. Um, and, you know, like, they, they, when guys do that, they decide to go on their own. They have the support of the NFLPA, the Players Union. Um, they've, they've got plenty of resources. they got plenty of lawyers that they can talk to. They can figure it out. Um, so him not having an agent, like, people really want to bag on that. I think my only question is, is how is he contacting teams? How are they contacting him? Are, are they 
directly talking to him, the player? Does he have some sort of intermediary doing that sort of contact for him? But again, it's not that big of a deal one way or another. Um, you know, and then as it relates to Deshaun Watson, you know, you brought up Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen both actually signed real they signed big contracts when mm-hmm. they were really team friendly, right? They because were- they wanted to make sure, like Pat Mahomes even came out and said, like, look, you know, I'm really, really rich already and I'm gonna be, but I wanna make sure that they've got the resources to keep a good team around me so we can keep winning. You know, Josh Allen basically came out, same mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Tom Brady did it for years. Um, so there's there's that component of it, right? Where but then there's also like look, NFL players for a long time didn't get guaranteed contracts and given the the brutality of the sport, didn't have long careers. Lamar Jackson has been hurt the last two seasons and hasn't been able to finish those uh, finish the season. Um, you know, it's missed a lot of games and the bigger issue I think for me with Lamar Jackson is that, right? Like listen, I think if he were able to finish the last two seasons, one, you know, the Ravens probably get a lot further. Um, you know, they maybe they beat the Bengals this year in the playoffs, and who knows, maybe they get to the Super Bowl, maybe not, but they probably get further in the playoffs. Um, because you're talking about a player who's been the league MVP. You're talking about a player who's just amazingly dynamic, um, a guy who has single-handedly won games for the Ravens, a guy that's a huge part of their success. When he's on the field, they're good. When he's not, they're not. Um, and so his value really, I don't think can be understated when you look at everything that he brings to the table, but the injuries are the biggest thing. I don't think it's just about race. I don't think this is as much about Deshaun Watson as people are saying it is. I think it comes down to, I don't even think it's about his ability to play, right? Someone tried to argue, well, I don't think Lamar Jackson's that good. I'm like, well, his record when he's on the fucking field says otherwise. I, I believe he's 45 and 16 as a starter and they're three right. and nine without him. Right. With a, and something right. around those, that's with an MV, accurate. With an MVP, he's been to the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, he's only got one playoff win. But, I mean, we could talk about plenty of really, really good quarterbacks who, you know, struggled in the playoffs and, and you know, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Uh, uh, what's his name? John Elway didn't even get his until didn't get his until the last two years of right. his career. The, uh, Thanks like, for not bringing Jim Kelly into right, this. I appreciate uh, that. Well, yeah. I mean, but point being is that I don't think this is about Lamar Jackson's skill. I think it comes down to because of his skill set and the way he plays and the fact that he hasn't been there the last two seasons. At the end of the season, when they needed him most, which could impact his team's ability to go on, you know, possibly to a Super Bowl. That is the big part. Now. Are there teams that are saying, look, the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson contract was ridiculous. I think that that needs to be quelled, and we're not going to do it. So we're not even going to entertain it, and hopefully he dials it back. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think there's you know, the fraternity of the owners of the NFL who were all pissed at Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy Haslam said, I don't give a fuck. I want this guy because I think he's that good. Um, you know, I, I think there's plenty of that going around. Right. And, you know, I think it is odd that some of these teams that do need a quarterback haven't taken a stab at him. The Carolinas, I think even Atlanta, um, you know, because if you look at what the Browns did, they had Baker Mayfield and they said, fuck Baker. We want Deshaun because we think he's better, even with the baggage that he brings. And people are looking at that and saying, well, why isn't someone doing that for Lamar Jackson? It's got to be either because, you know, they're pissed off about Deshaun or they're you know, because of his race or because of the injuries or whatever, all those are decent arguments, I guess. But I think really the biggest thing that comes down to is do you want to pay a guy guaranteed money who for the last two years has not been able to finish a season 
and you are worried about injury because of his build. Now, his argument is like, look, I didn't get hurt running. I got hurt because our offensive line let guys through and I got, you know, I got injured in the pocket, right? Which I think, you know, is a decent argument except, well, yeah, but you still got hurt and you couldn't play. I don't care if you, you know, even if you're a fucking statue, if you're repeatedly hurt multiple times because you can't play. But then they would, I guess they could punch back and say, well, Jimmy Garoppolo keeps getting paid. And that dude, when's the last time he's played 16 games, right? And I think the last time he did play most of the season, they did go to a Super Bowl. But Jimmy Garoppolo spends a lot of time hurt. But Jimmy Garoppolo also isn't asking for $50 yeah, million. Yeah, a three-year deal for right. $30 million, which... I mean, try to trivialize thirty million a year. Well, Sounds I mean, funny, look, but yeah. it's not two hundred million guaranteed. Exactly, and so I, it comes down to now. I, I've heard in the NFL circles that, like, look, if Lamar came down to thirty million for three years guaranteed, or 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 even forty million three years guaranteed, um, then multiple teams would be tripping over themselves to get to him. I don't know how true that is. Whether he would accept that or whether the teams would still would want to come after him for that type of money. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, because like you said, they, they franchise tagged him. So if another team doesn't come, he's going to be slated to pay for the Ravens next year. If another team does come, they can match. So exactly. they non-exclusive. The other thing that I heard as well, part of the reason why teams aren't going after him is because they're just like, why waste the time? Because the Ravens can match. Right? Like, it's not like we go through well, all and, this and, to and fix... if we come to a deal, we owe him all that money, and the Ravens get our next two first-round draft picks. I, I think the draft picks are... I think they're more concerned about, like, just the Ravens being able to match and being able to keep them. Right? And it's just like, so you do the negotiating for the Ravens that they don't want to do, and then they keep the player, and you've wasted time with it. That, and I think I there's think a huge. I factor. think that's a huge component to it as well. Like, why the fuck would I want to do the negotiating yeah. for them? Yeah. Screw them. And I think that's why the Ravens were kind. I'm using the word smart. Like, you know what? This is getting ugly. We'll let other teams handle this nonsense. Yeah. Or nobody will handle it, and then he ends up playing for us this year, next year. You but know, because the question is the bad guys, right? And then the question is, does Lamar sit out next year? If another team doesn't come into the picture, and that's a question that only Lamar can answer, I don't think he has to this point. And I think that he would play um, because, you know, our most recent example. Yeah, I mean, our most recent example of that did not work out well for Le'Veon Bell. Um, He ended up getting a big contract with the Jets, but he ended up getting cut two years later, and it didn't work out. And Le'Veon Bell was a receiver, or running Running back, back, kind of receiver for the Steelers, but in a completely different situation. But it's still worth noting that Le'Veon Bell did, you know, get franchised multiple times, chose to sit out the second time. It didn't work out all that well. You look at the reasons for, why. For anyone involved, by the way. Le'Veon Bell didn't work out well for him, didn't work out well for the Steelers. Uh, kind of, sort of. I mean, you end up with Najee Harris, right? I all mean, right, so, right. Uh, you know, and I think Najee's really good. He, You know, once he got healthy last year, it was really effective. His rookie year was really effective. So, I, I mean, I, I think the Steelers are kind of like, well, we would have loved to keep you, but you decided to dick around, and, and they moved on. Um, but, right, it didn't work out great for Bell or the Jets for sure. Steelers, I think, are debatable overall. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think, probably ends up playing um, for the Ravens next year and then ends up, like, because there's no way they would be dumb enough to franchise tag him twice. Why? What's the point? Right? I mean, I mean, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, but also I think Lamar would be crazy not to play under the franchise tag as a quarterback. Because I mean, now look, if I you know who if I were Lamar Jackson, you know who I'd be on the phone with? 
Go ahead. The man that nobody wants, Kirk Cousins. Because, <laughs> listen, here's why. Kirk Cousins has played this. Kirk Cousins has been a he has played for you and I for this so long. system so well. Think about it. He took, yeah. like Kirk Cousins said, you going to franchise tag me and pay me guaranteed $35 million? Great. You're going to franchise me again and pay me $40 million? Okay, cool. Then he takes his show. He goes to Minnesota. Give me a short two-year deal for, I don't know, cool yeah. $90 million or right, whatever it was. Right. Right, and then it's like, all right, I played those two years. Now let's do another one for 102 million. Right, Kirk Cousins in his career, right, him and Robert Griffin come in the same draft, right, yeah. to the same team, to the same team, yeah. right, and Kirk Cousins has made 300 million dollars as a player, and this is a guy that no one ever wants on their team. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm like, Kirk, talk to me, fam. What 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 do I do here? And Kirk's gonna be like, well, buddy, I'll tell you what. I would play under the franchise tag this year. I would play under the franchise tag next year. And when you become a free agent, because they can't tag you again, I would go get a short deal for X amount of dollars, and then I would do it again. And I don't know if you got a good argument against it. We've had this discussion 20 times, you and I. Like, is Kirk Cousins worth that money? Fuck no. He's getting paid it, though. Like, you look you, at the numbers. You, like, you, when you, you look, look at the numbers of Kirk Cousins, it's just like, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. And we said, I mean, you and I have had this conversation. Like, do you want this guy as your, when the Bills were looking for a quarterback, when the Steelers were looking to replace Ben, it was like, this guy's got the numbers. Do you want him? No. Nah. It, it, but, you know, he's I mean, he's getting paid. He's, he's good he's at throwing a football. He's getting paid. His teams are always competitive. They're in, in the hunt. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just like, it, and if – the, there's something to it because it's one thing if you're a running back, right? You know, if you you get franchised as a running back, that money is eight, nine, ten million dollars, whatever it is. Yeah, about that. Whole different thing. A quarterback, you're talking yep. about gear because it's the top average of the top five, right? Right. Like so, you look at these quarterbacks. So now, this the other part. Deshaun Watson's deal fucks that all up. True. Right, and then you got Aaron Rodgers' deal, and then you got the you know you got every Mahomes and Kirk Cousins in there. So your guaranteed money is going to be over thirty, thirty-five million dollars. And I get the whole you don't want to leave money on the table; you want the long-term deal. But let me tell you, right, like ten million dollars, yes, is a lot of money, but compared to thirty million dollars, that's a whole lot of me. You know, between thirty and forty million guaranteed. Right, taking the average of the top five quarterbacks in the league, and then, by the way, if he take if he stay if he ta- if he plays under the franchise tag the second year, right, it goes it goes up like I think it goes up 15 percent on top of what you got the 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 previous franchise year, right? Like so, maybe there's something to play under the franchise tag this year, play under the franchise tag next year, then go walk. You can walk as a complete free agent, do another short term two year deal. Well, you got 35, 40, you know, you, I mean, you could, you could easily be in, you could easily be in mega millions money, right? Just playing. Now there's the injury risk, right? If he gets hurt this year, well, like, I mean, look, you get hurt this year and you, you get hurt and they got to pay you $35 million. You're going to be all right. Along with your kids and your grandkids, if you play your cards right. So that's not the exact end of the world, but, um, you, you know, I mean, yeah, I just, even, it's, it's it, just worth considering, um, you know, and people would argue like, well, Kirk Cousins is pocket quarterback and that doesn't really, I don't know if I've ever seen Kirk Cousins run out of the pocket, really, um, or, I can't, or I can't. run sure, upfield. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he I has, but I mean, I'm sure Kirk Cousins 
rushing yards are under 500 for his career. Um, you know, so two different styles of player, but worth considering given the money that quarterbacks get under the franchise tag. I, like, I, no, I, I, you know. I, I, think, I think you're making sense. I'll be very curious to see what happens. If I, again, I think Baltimore tried to save themselves the headache of, if we try to negotiate with you one-on-one under a, an exclusive franchise tag, we have no leverage. You want to go out there and look for a better deal? When you find out, oh, there isn't necessarily a better deal out there for you, well, then coming back home doesn't sound so bad. Um, I would love to see, uh, there's been rumors that Lamar Jackson's going to get traded to Washington. I would love it. Get that guy out of the AFC because he's a dangerous player. Yeah, get him out of my division. Exactly. you got to feel the same way. Um, I don't know where it'll go. I'll be curious, but it was just, it's just such a weird uh, negotiating situation that it was worthy of discussion. And we've been unable to get together for a while, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So I'm glad we did. But in any event, we've gone way over what we normally intend to. Uh, if you want to close out with something great, if not, we are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Your thoughts? Um, yes, we are on we are on Twitter at Whiskey Congress. <laughs> and we're done. We're out. Thank you.